And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. I, as always, am your host, Joel, with two eyes still very much intact. If you follow me on Twitter, you heard the whole story of how I almost lost an eye at dinner. And then you heard the real story, which I told people. <laughs> Matt being very quick on the draw. See, that's why he's my co-host, everyone, because just fucking just, mm, 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 just shooting from the hip every time. <laughs> Yeah, much like you were in that bathroom. <laughs> Dumb Tish. See, again, this is why. This is why he's the co-host with the most. <laughs> just everyone, just, you know, dick joke, dick joke, dick joke. <laughs> Can't stop me. Uh, so, Matt, we're back again this week. Uh, last week when we did this show, we were in the middle of E3. Uh, I figured it would be fun because some people do enjoy it when we occasionally veer off into video game talk. Uh, what, what did you like most of the show now that we've had a week to kind of stop and think about it? Well, as people could tell tell from my Twitter when it happened, I really enjoyed the Resident Evil 2 reveal. It looks really good. Like, I enjoy Resident Evil. I'm not nearly as big a fan as you are, but even I could tell, whoa, this is big. It's, it's as big for a number of reasons, mainly because they actually rebuilt the whole game from uh -huh. the ground up in the new Resident Evil mm -hmm. 7 engine. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That doesn't usually happen. This is People thought this was just going to be like a HD remaster. Mm. And they went above and beyond with it. It's a from-the-ground-up rebuild and everything. And plus, I think this is going to be huge, too, because, hey, look, it's Leon. It's the dude from 4, the one that everyone has played, even if you're not a hardcore Resident Evil fan. Yep, yeah, and hopefully it does really well so we get more games. Yeah, I know you're, like, already chomping at the bit. When are they going to do Nemesis? Do Nemesis next. It ha it's, it's the only one that hasn't had a HD remaster yet, and it's like that... that that gap in the collection because you got that if, once you get that one out you've got like all the original games yeah uh speaking of uh old capcom things that are new again hey we're getting resident evil 5 or no we're getting sorry uh, devil may cry 5 but hey <laughs> but, but but that's fine because one started as a sequel to the other one and yeah, then became its yeah. own thing so they're kind of intrinsically tied yeah, yeah, that, that that looked pretty cool as well. I, I haven't really played the 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 recent one, the uh, mm. DMC. I oh, I really did. Play. I, I played some of it, but I didn't play all of you, it. But you, yeah, you mean the one that made Devil May Cry uh, fans flip their wig and be like, "His hair is not white. Everything is wrong. I will never be joyous again." Although, yeah. you know what? Here's the thing. I take my hat off to Capcom because before they were complaining about that, they were complaining about Nero, the new character who's supposed to supplant Dante. Now Nero is back in this game and everyone's like, we're so excited. We always loved Nero, right, guys? It's, it's a new Coke gambit is what it is. We come up with something so shitty that you'll hate that when we just go back to the old thing that we were doing anyway, you'll love it. Yeah, it, it's, that was their plan all along geniuses geniuses every one of them from top to bottom <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i think more than anything though i think we can agree this this year's e3 was the year of samurais and ship combat yeah yeah that, that was what three or four separate samurai games yep bunch of ship combat games kingdom hearts 3 is gonna have ship combat in it yeah, Jesus Christ, I don't really care about that game, but yeah, that looked pretty cool, that part. That's that's the thing about Kingdom Hearts at this point. You are either in or you're not, <laughs> and if you're not in now, you never will be, because there's only about nine games worth of material you'll have to catch up on, which which I love they even had that at the conference, where it's like, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3, to get caught up, they're all on PlayStation 4 now, you've got a whole other year to get caught up. 
Yeah, yeah. On like nine games and 70 spinoffs. <laughs> and some MMO shit that you'll have to pay money for, but you can just look at that online. Yeah. Because the story really got away from us. <laughs> but Matt, did you see blue-haired girl has yellow eyes now? That means something to me. <laughs> means I'm nothing sure to you. It's just I'm gibberish sure to you. But Norded, man, we all might be Norded in a year. <laughs> Look, I, I know those sounds that are coming out of your mouth mean something to you, but we're, we're, we're going to need a dictionary here. We're going to need a Kingdom Hearts to English dictionary. <laughs> The eyes glaze over and everything. Yeah, boy. But yeah, man, talk about samurai games. We had Ghosts of, uh, what is it called? Uh, Shushimir or something? Right. Shushima or something? I'm just going to call it Ghosts of. But yeah, basically, hey, what if Red Dead Redemption but with samurais? That's pretty much what it is. Or uh, or another comparison I had. What if, what if Shadow of Mordor but with samurais? To which I'm like, fucking in. Yes, take my money, yeah. please. And uh, what's really cool as well, apparently after that, that reveal we got at the Sony conference, apparently that gameplay we saw, that was like a side quest. Oh, shit. For the for game. Real? So it's just like a, like a fetch mission. Damn. If that's what the side quests are like, imagine what the main game is like. I know, right? Uh, they also had, uh, what is it, uh, Seco Die Twice. Yeah, the one from From Software. Right, but also published by Activision. Which they came out this week and said, yes, it looks like a Soulsborne game, but it is not an RPG. You won't have to worry about stats. It's actually much closer to the company's other game, Tenchu, which I always really love Tenchu, so I'm glad that this is kind of like a spiritual successor to Tenchu. Yeah, it's much It's much more of like an action game. It's not really an RPG yeah. game, but it looks sick. It really does. You play a samurai man who's got like a bone replacement arm that's also a fucking grappling hook? Yeah. And an axe. Yeah, an axe that just comes in. And a shield, which was always my thing. I'm like, yeah, how come they don't do like more of an Asian samurai base for like a From Software game? Ah, because, you know, they didn't really have shields in their culture. They do now. <laughs> they got badass umbrella shields. Fuck yeah. To which people joked where it's like, hey, it's okay, makers of Neo. You don't have to make another Neo. From Software already did it for you. And then Neo 2 got announced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that was kind of a uh uh kind of surprised me because i i've played a little bit of the first neo mm. i i own it but i haven't really got got into it yet because it's been too busy but um yeah. when, when i saw the trailer i'm thinking oh is this something to do with like legacy of kane or something <laughs> and there's like oh neo 2 and i was like oh okay you guys didn't wait very long to do a sequel to <laughs> no. neo did you it was neo successful I mean, I think people who like Dark Souls enjoyed trying it out and comparing it. Like, I think there's definitely a void for that, where it's like, okay, what do I play that's like Dark Souls in between Dark Souls sequels? Yeah. Oh, Neo. There you go. This will this this will do the trick. That'll that'll move the chains. Uh, what else was there? Oh, oh, we got our look at a better look at Anthem this year. The new thing from Bioware. And I don't know about you, Matt, but I left saying they're like, oh, so Better Destiny is what this is. I didn't even bother looking at the trailer because after the shit show that was Mass Effect Andromeda, I'm, I'm not not interested in Bioware anymore. It, it looks like Better Destiny, which, you know, I never liked Destiny. I was the one guy who's like, I don't see what all the hubbub is about. But more interesting characters, more interesting powers. The promise of Bioware's A-Team writing on it i'm like you know what this could potentially be something 
Although I think it's so funny that so many games this year, it's like, let's be a better Destiny, when so many other games, the curve has already moved to be, let's be a better Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, every other game had like a Battle Royale mode, or was introducing something along that lines to, it, yeah. to, the, to the series. Uh, I know I thought that's what Fallout 76 was going to be. I'm like, oh, is this going to be Fallout... <laughs> But uh, Battle Royale, kind of, you can do quests, but it's also all going to be online, and you can do it with your friends. And honestly, I wanted to be bitter about it, but the promise of a better Fallout 4 I can play with you? Yeah, alright. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I'm just interested to see how how Bethesda will handle it. See, I, I, I own Elder Scrolls Online, and I haven't played much yeah. of it, but it it's okay but the thing that i don't really like is that it's a really like a pay-to-play sort of game and i hope that's not what fallout 76 will be it doesn't look to be like i was afraid of that too i'm like oh is this going to be the fallout mmo it kind of splits the difference between it because it is always going to be online but you can play with people and it takes place at an interesting time in the fallout uh, timeline what got me about is i'm sure you saw it too in the little gameplay snippet you can have a musket you can shoot a guy's arm off with a musket yeah that looked pretty cool the, the one thing that did concern me though was like the nukes you can like new color players yeah and, like, i'm like oh that's gonna get spammed i know it that that looks like you're creating a perma grief mode is what you're creating there yeah because I don't know if you know this, uh, game developers, but if you play with enough people online, it's basically Westworld, where everyone is the man in black and all their worst impulses come out to rape and murder and steal. <laughs> it really? Yeah, everyone becomes that guy online. <laughs> That's the problem. No, no, which again you know who really needs to learn that lesson ubisoft who for three years in a row now hey we got all our famous voice actor friends together to play online and it'll be just oh, like this everyone tells them to stop doing that and they just keep they're the they were the only ones the, this year that did it i yep, think they were i think them maybe ea might have did it, i don't know well, well they invented it they invented it they mastered yeah. it and they refused to stop yeah, I don't know why they keep thinking that that's a good idea, but yeah. It's like, who is this for? The hardcore fans who are watching this right now, who know video games, who eat, sleep, and breathe it, don't buy this bullshit. And the, you know, like, more casual fans, they're not watching E3. No. So, who is this for? Also, I'm kind of pissed off, too, because no Aisha Taylor this year. I like her a whole lot. If anything, keep her, get rid of the fake game chat. That's how Joel would do it if he could run it. I'm disappointed for her, mainly because we won't get any of those great cringe compilations of all the shit she says. Exactly. Love, hate her, or love to hate her, she was great. Plus, she's Lana on <laughs> Archer, and I like and I like her very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else was there from the show before? We, we do actually have comic news, everyone. We just wanted to talk this out, because E3 comes about once a year. Uh, Spider-Man looks pretty cool. Yes. I already knew it was going to look pretty cool. Oh, hey, speaking of, that actually segues into a piece of comic news. Uh, remember we were talking about Spider-Geddon last week? They had the poster, but one Spider-Man was blocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because it's the video game Spider-Man. He will be making a canon appearance in Spider-Geddon, which will be his first thing in the comics, and that's a really smart idea. And that that's really cool as well. That's good. Now, now the games are technically canon. Yes, that's good marketing for both the game and the comic event. Where it's like, look, if you like either, you should check out the other one. 
when does the the comic event start oh uh, around the same time as the game i thought thought it might yeah so there you go so they lined that one up pretty solid so good good on christos gauge good on marvel multimedia if you're gonna do it at least do it right like this at least do fun stuff yeah, yeah, this is this is really cool. I'm interested to see. I, I wonder if it's going to be like a like a cameo, like he's just there in the background, or whether he's actually going to be like mm. have, have a speaking role in the comic. Yeah, buy my game, buy my game. <laughs> hey everybody, <laughs> That's all it is. hey everybody, put down this comic and go play my game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't like this white spider suit? Neither do I. You can get new spider suits. <laughs> Actually, that was a fun thing they dropped about that new Spider-Man game. Them saying, hey, if you don't like this white spider suit, guess what? You actually start off with, like, the Lee Ditko suit in the beginning for the tutorial. Then you move up to that one. Then you can pick any costume you want. Yeah, I, I kind of figured it was going to be like that. I dig that. I, I, I like that, that through the game you'll see the evolution of his costume. Yeah. That's really fun. Uh was that it? Was that it for me three? It, it was admittedly not a huge E three. Like there were some no. big announcements here and there, but there was no like you know, oh fuck, new God of War, oh fuck, new Grand Theft Auto. There was Cyberpunk, which we were waiting for forever, and it looks great, but we didn't get to see any gameplay from it. No, all that gameplay footage was behind closed doors, but it sounds really good. It apparently, does. it really does. Where it's like, hey, did you love The Witcher? Of course you did. Imagine more of that, but in the future and with guns. And first person. And first person. And I'm like, all right. Oh, and also you can design your character any way you want. All right. Yeah, I'm down. I'm You're, cool keep, for that. Keep speaking my language, CD Projekt Red. <laughs> even even the reveal for it was pretty sweet, too, where it's like, oh, they hacked the system they took over, and you see Red CD. And I'm like, it's CD Projekt Red. I know what that means. <laughs> Run cyberpunk.exe. Nice. <laughs> nice everything about that was nice so yeah that was that was e3 talk everyone if you only care about comics and don't give a shit about video games i apologize <laughs> we'll talk about comic books now <laughs> actually hey speaking of comic books and video games uh no word on uh square enix's avengers project that they were supposedly working on so i i've heard rumors that apparently the the original idea got scrapped again mm. and they're re redoing it though though i reckon they might because in in some of the demos of the spider-man game we can see the avengers tower yeah. in there uh so i'm wondering if maybe they're waiting to see how that game does they'll be like oh it's now set in this universe yeah that was the big rumor where it's like could this be the beginning of a shared video game universe which i think you and i kind of laughed off initially because it's like it takes video games how long to come out to work on now they have to be in the same universe with different teams nah nah that's not gonna happen but apparently that's the way of the future, so maybe it's not silly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's not silly. And hey, uh, speaking of shared universe and multimedia projects and everything, uh, we got something kind of cool and unexpected this week. And in fact, I didn't even really know it was news because I kept looking over it because I thought it was like like a fan edit or something where it's like, oh, look, I'll make it better. But we got to see Wonder Woman's new costume for Wonder Woman 2, and it looks really, really good. It's the same costume, just under lighting. Just under actual lighting. I'm like, holy shit, what a difference that makes. It looks goddamn brand new. But the thing is, it doesn't make any sense to me in the context, because these movies take place before Batman vs. Superman, Justice yes. League, and this is the same costume, so why does it look like different in their like... Like, pe people say, oh, it's because of the, the copper on it is oxidizing. Thing. It doesn't... 
take you know 20 years for that to happen it takes a little bit longer for that to happen so wonder um, woman gets an original costume wears it for all this time changes it in the 80s then changes back to her old one moving forward yeah <laughs> yeah it makes no sense uh, i'm just gonna like subscribe to the fact that those movies aren't canon anymore that's fine <laughs> i think that's yeah. what they're doing with wonder woman anyway look you liked wonder woman then it's the only one that counts <laughs> well it makes it, it, yeah that you can tell they definitely know people like wonder woman because like she got like promotional stills and everything yep. on the first day of their sh their shoot yep and before Shazam and Aquaman, which <laughs> have just finished production. Yes. And fans and creators alike basically had to yell at them to be like, can we see some things from Aquaman, please? Yeah, and they're like, eh, fine. Yeah, yeah sure, whatever. Here's, here he is. Here's, 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 here's Black Manta. Here's a Black Manta looking at a helmet. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the, the, the costume looks really good. We also got like pictures of like Steve Trevor and everything, yeah. which doesn't make any sense and it is steve trevor since patty jenkins confirmed it it's not an illusion it's not bullshit it's not like oh i'm seeing yeah. him in my mind's eye yeah it's not a relative or anything like a la sharon carter mm. or anything uh so like yeah that kind of undercuts the end of the first film yeah i don't know how i feel about that as you said matt that kind of undercuts a huge part of the first movie I can understand wanting to have him back. I can understand yeah. liking him. I can understand doing any number of things, but really just, just bringing him back. Yeah, and if you knew you you're probably going to be bringing him back, why kill him off in the first film? I, do you think it's going to be like a Winter Soldier thing where it's like, yeah, he got blown up, but the Germans took him in and filled him full of magic juice that kept him alive a la the winter soldier and now he's back again but what's in him is unstable and he might die again or something i mean may maybe it's possible but like in like set videos and pictures it's, it's like him and wonder woman working together doing something mm. so <laughs> what, i don't know what what if this becomes a trend for the wonder woman movies uh, steve trevor dies in every movie <laughs> <laughs> that'd actually be pretty cool like a pretty cool like character first you just can't seem to get it right and he no. just keeps dying on her <laughs> it, it, it would really add to the tragedy of wonder woman i've loved the same man for so many years he keeps coming back to life but keeps dying <laughs> so they basically turn him into carter hall <laughs> they turn him into carter hall yeah, I, I would be okay with that that would be an interesting characterization for steve trevor who as we mentioned doesn't actually have much in the way of characterization and the best thing he really does is die yeah yeah die or like become integral and then not become integral a la you know trinity yeah of sin and mm. all that sort of stuff <laughs> like i actually thought he was one of the things that the wonder woman movie handled pretty well where it's like okay you serve this very specific role you do that then you gracefully exit the series <laughs> <laughs> also by making him the comedy relief and making him you know like the uh love interest that needed to be saved i'm like oh that's that's an interesting subversion it's like you mashed a bunch of other characters that would seem superfluous together and kind of made more of a character out of them all right yeah 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 all right so yeah that's that's wonder woman for you there looking good i'm excited for it as i've said before wonder woman was the good one yes yeah, hope this one they they can fix the ending Fix that last act problem. Here's hoping they take that to mind, and here's hoping they fix that problem. I think they will. I, I think where it's like, yeah. you came so close, and that was the one thing you got wrong. I, I think they can clean it up. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess we got some Aquaman stuff too, as we said, but there's much less to talk about than that. It was just like pitches and stuff. Yeah, Jason Momoa, he's wet and angry. Yeah, as I said on Twitter, like he's literally wearing Lobo's costume. He's he's <laughs> literally Lobo. Why did they cast him as Aquaman and not Lobo? I like bet they're kicking who was, themselves. Like why? <laughs> Which hey, for the record, wet and angry was gonna be the subtitle of this movie, Aquaman Wet and Angry, but they had to change it. <laughs> Turns out there's actually a series of very popular porn films that are also called Wet and Angry, so they that they did they didn't want to go to you know they didn't want a whole lawsuit with those people, <laughs> so they just changed it to Aquaman minus subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, moving on from there, we got some more DC news here. Uh, DC Black Label is growing bigger than we ever thought possible, Matt. We talked about all the brand new titles they got coming out here, these kind of more prestige, R-rated, more adult-centric stories. Well, it's posthumously absorbing White Knight into it, so the next time you see White Knight, it will actually carry the Black Label uh, sticker on it. Yeah, as I said when it came out, Black Label is now basically the Elseworlds title. Yeah. Again, it's basically like a rebranded Elseworlds. But it's even bigger than that. Hey, the next time you buy, uh, what is it, All-Star Superman or Kingdom Come, they will also now be carrying the Black Label banner on it. Yeah, again, they're, they're Elseworlds titles. Yep. Which, I mean, yeah. I think that speaks a lot to how hyped people are already for the potential Black Label titles. That they're just like, no, 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 go, go back and pick these other books and slap Black Label on them. And then we can put them out and make people think they're brand new. Yeah, we can put out another volume of it. Yeah, we can sell Dark Knight Returns again, again. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it for Dark Knight 3. We'll get even more money than we got before. <laughs> it never has to stop. We can just keep doing it. <laughs> Which, again, it makes sense, you know, for maybe Elseworld books that maybe wanted to, you know, push the envelope a little bit more, or that, you know, were a little bit more high-minded. I'm surprised that they didn't go to any of the other writers they have working on this one, like Brian Azarell, and be like, hey, can you can you re-release Batman Europa so more people will read it this time? Yeah, yeah, I, it might. That could be that could be wave two. Yeah, oh, exactly. Wave two of re-releases. Hey, can, can I start that petition here? Batman Europa. More people should read it. If it had black label <laughs> on it, I think it would have done better. <laughs> it's an Azarello Batman story I genuinely, genuinely like. Yeah, and that's a, that's a rarity these days. These days it is. He used to be. He, he used to hit much harder than he does now. Now it's kind of like, oh, God damn it, Brian Azarello. <laughs> where, where before it was, God damn it, Brian Azzarello. Now it's, God damn it. <laughs> you see, it's the same sentiment, but it changed a little bit. A little, little less excited over the years. But yeah, good, uh, good on Black Label. I'm sure we'll have the first original titles from that coming out soon that we can talk about. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled to both mine and Matt's channel for when that happens. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we got some big crisis news, Matt. We talked about it. We theorized it. We said there was a new crisis incoming, and there is. But I don't think any of us could have imagined that a crisis would look like this. It's going to be written by Tom King, and it's going to be oh. called Heroes in Crisis. Uh, so we can already kind of write it off since it's been mm. written by Tom King. Mm. I mean, I mean, I can, I can hear the elevator pitch now. And the elevator pitch was, hey, what if we do Identity Crisis again, but for 2018, and we'll put Tom King on it. And they're like, well, Tom King can do no wrong, obviously, so of course. 
Yes, his his Batman book has been flawless. Mm. Flawless, I tell you. (laughs) Absolutely flawless. Then they bang the table in the elevator, which is also there. It's a weird place, the DC offices, I tell you. Uh, Just judging by the cover, you can see some recurring motifs there. You have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Booster Gold, Poison Ivy, who Tom King uh, elevate? I mean, character assassin. I mean, grew. <laughs> I don't think it's Poison Ivy. I think it's um, uh, Harley Quinn. Right. Okay. But but again, what I was referring to is a uh, sanctuary because you know he kept talking about sanctuary. Apparently, this book is sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, and in the like the the little pitch that they had, they released for it. They say like Sanctuary's been around for years, and it's been you know only Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman really know about it. Other people know about it, but they're not allowed to talk about it. It's like Fight Club. And yeah, but it's been around for years, and we only just heard about it in like the last like what three months. Yeah. That Tom <laughs> King has really been pushing for, I thought it was going to be a new spinoff book, but no, apparently it's a whole crisis series. Uh, another motif that makes a comeback psycho pirates mask, which was a big part of early Tom King, Batman. And then it fell off the face of the earth after the button and no one talked about it ever again. <laughs> yeah. That's what, ma- that's what, what doesn't make me, like why has this been around for years but like psycho pirate happened what a couple of months ago something like Like, that like probably a year ago so like (laughs) if this has been around for years then what's the timeline here and also why why do these three heroes these three big heroes think that using psycho pirates mind which i guessing they're using the masks to help these people in this sanctuary why do they think that's a good idea? <laughs> I, I don't, again, we're just theorizing. That's a Tom now. King idea. That's it's a, a very Tom idea. King idea. Also, too, again, you were talking about the timeline. Clearly, this takes place in the future because Superman's wearing his new costume and Batman is yeah. wearing a new costume. Yeah, like current current time for yeah. Superman. But I'm guessing like Batman gets a new one after the wedding. I or guess. Something. I mean, it would line up, wouldn't it, to be more in line with Doomsday Clock? Which, hey, speaking of Doomsday Clock, again, remember when the button and the mask, like, interacted together and took you to yeah. the Flashpoint universe? But then Jeff Johns is like, no, give me give me back. Give me all of that back. Only for Jeff. Only for Jeff. Only for Doomsday Clock. Yeah. I, I have no idea what the hell's going on. Like, like, remember when we thought the mask was integral to what was going on in Doomsday Clock? And it Dr. seemed Manhattan like it. Never, it really did. Like, Only... the, like the mask, like Batman was going to put it on or something and figure out everything or, yeah. or something was going to happen like that. Yeah, that felt like a Jeff Johns mandate where he's like, no, no, only for me. Yeah, I, I don't know what they plan on doing with this, but yeah, there's, Tom King's writing it, so it's a write-off. There's there's also like a lot of rumor flying around, like when I heard there was a new crisis coming out, it also came with the rumor that uh, Booster Gold would be involved, which obviously yep. he is, because Tom King, you know, mm-hmm. broke his brain for basically no reason. <laughs> yeah, no, for this story, I, for, bet, for, I guarantee you. You're right, Matt. It wasn't for no reason. He broke his brain solely so he could take part in this story, which makes me think this rumor is going to be true. Heroes in Crisis is going to involve time travel because yeah. Booster Gold is there. And through these time travel, like, Psycho Pirates mass machinations, they're going to maybe try and fix some of the leftover New 52 stuff they broke that they haven't been able to fix yet. Well, here's what I think is going to happen. So we know Sanctuary is like, it's like some clinic that helps yeah. 
uh, heroes or whatever. And yeah. we, we, the story starts with like all the people in the, in the clinic die mm. and they don't know how I reckon booster girl is going to go back in time because he's, when he's written by Tom King, he's a fucking idiot and forgets there's there's consequences for time travel. He's, he's not uh, just he's an idiot. Gonna, he's a dangerous save, idiot. I'm gonna go save the save all these people. I'm gonna time travel back and stop that. And then he, somehow he fucks something up. Skeets gets shot or something. I don't know. And yeah, he has to like right the wrongs in the past and fix the new Fifty Two shit and right. all that. And then we'll get whatever comes out of this. Whatever bowel movement comes out of this. <laughs> But hey, at least it's going to be short, though. At only like five issues. Is it having tie-ins? Because the tie-ins will be really good. It it might possibly have tie-ins. I mean, if it's going to be if they're are slapping, they written by Tim Seeley, I hope so. By Tim Seeley, I hope so. I mean, hey, if like here's the thing: if they're slapping Crisis on it, which you know moves books because it's a huge thing in the DC universe, and fans like us know what that means, then yeah, I, I don't doubt there will be tie-ins. Yes, because they'll, they'll be good. Yeah, they'll expect, be really good. Expect some pretty good tie-ins from this one, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> expect that to be where all the story is. Where all the actual storyline is. Yeah, for real. We'll, we'll get to that when we talk about what we read this week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, keeping up with this uh, big uh, DC Warner Brothers new, uh, AT&T finalized their buyout of Warner Brothers this week. Yeah. I I'm not really sure what that means for DC, but yeah. That's exactly what is now. What does this mean? Right now, nothing. The ink is still drying. The wheels are still in motion. What could it possibly mean down the line? Oh, anything. Yeah, really, anything. If the bosses come in and decide, no, we want to take control of the of the DC movies and do or this, 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 or and this. Or the com yeah, or the comics or the animation or something. Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe we'll get good quality animation uh, now. We can dream, Matt. That would be pretty sweet <laughs> to them. Be like, what the hell are you doing over here? <laughs> yeah, here's some extra money. <laughs> yeah, please, please make these like they used to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, again, it, it could mean anything. There's been a lot of theorizing, too, that uh, this deal, you know, pe people basically saw the writing on the wall, which is why Jeff John stepped down as president of mm -hmm. DC Comics just recently to go pursue his yeah. own endeavors, which, again, we don't know this. This is all theorization. This is all up in the air. Uh, Warner Brothers Films, you know, they moved around a couple heads there. Uh, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee went from, uh, like, co-publishers to, like, full-time publishers now, like, full-on publishers. Yeah. So, again, like, there already kind of seems to be, like, you know, some guard changing and some stuff getting shuffled around. Again, nothing too catastrophic, nothing too huge yet, but give it a year. Yeah, also, isn't, like, Comcast trying to, like, buy um, uh, Fox as well? They're they're trying to. They keep uh, putting in offers. Like, I think their last uh, offer was something like, you know, like, $650 million in cash. Like, some ridiculous fucking amount of money that you and I will never accrue, and no one listening to this will ever accrue, because it's all f fucking in the ether and everything, because no one actually has that much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and again, like, that could, that could like, like jeopardize what uh disney want to do and then buying fox and then them getting like the rights to like x-men and whatever else and everything so there's very interesting i know a lot of people are angry and rightly so because of it's like it's basically like monopolization yeah. of like companies and stuff yeah 
I mean, it's the future we're living in. We're like ten years from now, everything's going to be owned by the same five companies anyway. Yeah, there's going to be yeah, there's going to be like three companies that own everything. Yeah. What What was interesting about the AT and T deal is that what is it the the orange shit goblin in chief had a problem with this one apparently, but as with everything, he failed to get anything done. <laughs> like the AT and D deal was more interesting, where it's like, oh fuck, an actual. Like, world leader might step in and stop this because one rich guy pissed off another rich guy and hurt his dick. So, you know, something might happen here. I don't know. But nothing happened. Oh, no, no, no. He'll just go salute North Korean generals. He he was busy doing that at the time, so he couldn't step in and do it. But he'll just just complain about Amazon. And telling Japan he's going to send them 25 million Mexicans. (laughs) Japan, thank you. What? <laughs> he said that he, he said that he, he oh, was like I know. a fake threat and everyone's like what the, what <laughs> japan what do you say to that do, do you know apparently there's like a big deal like asian countries like have to hire like special interpreters because they legitimately don't understand how a person could talk like this they're like we we do not get his sense of humor what what is he trying to impart with us here oh no he is just an idiot oh okay you you see we we have too much self-respect and do, do not ever consider a possibility that a man like this could become a leader oh okay he is just an idiot all right we were we were worried for a second but yeah it's, it's a crazy time in comics for buyouts and everything in big companies you, you mentioned the comcasting i think comcast that's just a lot of saber rattling i think given what we've already seen in Marvel and Disney, they're basically going ahead like the deal has been finalized anyway. It's it, it looks like it, yeah. I think it's a safe bet that everyone just kind of hates Comcast on principle. I don't know. We don't have Comcast cable where I am. I've never had to use it, but everyone I know who uses it only tells horror stories. I, I'd love it for like some like horrible reason it didn't go through. Then suddenly, oh, we've got to run an event to like kill off the mutants again. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do we say death of Inhumans? The resurrection of the Inhumans, which also leads to the death of mutants. <laughs> also, the Fantastic Four, the first family, um, um, a black hole opens up and sucks them all up and they're never seen again. Yeah, yeah just as they're coming out into the 606 universe, they get eaten again by a giant wormhole. <laughs> but, but Doctor Doom's a good guy again now. <laughs> and he always was. And he always was. Did I say I was going to be a bad guy? I mean, no. I mean, good guy. Yeah, good guy Doom. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another thing we'll talk about this week good guy doom and how he actually got a better send-off in another book than he got in his own book <laughs> but yeah so that was that news everyone uh some more marvel news and this one was really unexpected uh iceman is getting a new solo series now and so is the unstoppable wasp uh yay i can understand wasp because she's got a movie coming out exactly uh, but iceman i'm like yeah who is that for <laughs> Apparently, Iceman is just an incredibly popular X-Men who they feel very strongly about. I don't think this is the young Bobby Drake. I think this is the other Bobby Drake, because it has to be, because extermination is happening, and that other Bobby Drake might not even be around anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh cool i guess is ah. it written by like is it written by the same people who wrote the other one? No, it's the whole new writer. Okay, okay. Which is also kind of weird, where it's like, eh, new Iceman book. Again, this is the sort of thing where I'm like, look guys, if you really wanted to do this, and I'm not saying you shouldn't want to do this, this should be a digital exclusive thing is what this should be. This, like Cloak and Dagger, if there's an audience for it, if it's niche enough, if you have enough faith in it, and I mean, it's an X-Men related book, so why shouldn't you? 
this should be like a comicsology exclusive is what it should be. You have to go there yeah. and get it. And it because it's digital, you can do the injustice thing. It's a little shorter, but it comes out more frequently and cheaper. Yeah, every week and then like every four weeks you get the collected issue mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, but yeah, like. Who is this for? Because it can't be for fans of the the previous one because it's it'll be a different Bobby Jake. Yeah. That means different characterization. Because yep. wasn't one of them uh, didn't one of them come out gay, but the other one wasn't yes. or something. The young yeah, one. So. The, the young one yes. came out as gay, although they fucking bungled his coming out of the closet. Really, yeah. Bad. He he didn't get to do it. Jean Grey read his mind and forcibly outed him. What a bitch. <laughs> Well, not only that, G. Gary like like kind of pressured in him to yes. like, no, you're gay, you have to be gay. That's that that was rough on him. That's again where it's like, Jesus Christ, writers, have you ever met a gay person? <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, so you have like all these like he's basically a different character. Yeah, which which is fine. Where it's like, you know, look, if that's what you were going to do yeah. for the young time traveling X Men. It's what you should have done anyway. And for a second there, it seems like they were doing that. Where it's like, yeah, they're young, but they're also different characters. Because Beast got more into magic, and Cyclops went out into space, and Jean was trying to not be her other Jean. And just the whole fucking time-traveling X-Men thing is a goddamn mess from top to bottom. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Bendis. Yeah, thank you, Bendis, for leaving with it. But again, extermination, so they're probably going to be putting it back soon <laughs> anyway. But whatever. Yeah. Hey, new Iceman book. If you're a big Bobby Drake fan, if you care, that's there for you if you want to check that one out. I know not many people are talking about this, so you know, don't don't say we never use this show to signal boost. Yeah, well I don't even think like they, they like announced it like fully. I think they just no. had Iceman book. Yeah, this this an unstoppable loss. They DM'd that one fan. <laughs> yeah, really they did. But that one fan was really happy though, and good for them. <laughs> Yeah, there was just a couple books that they just kind of snuck in there. It's like, and a new Wasp, and a new Iceman book also coming out at some point in the future. The Wasp one makes sense since she's got a movie coming out, and there's like an Ant-Man and the Wasp book yeah. happening at the moment. Even though it's, it's pretty a, good. It is. Even though it's a completely different Wasp than the one in the movie, though, which will only yeah. serve to confuse people. Yeah. <laughs> Nadia Pym? Who's Nadia Pym? I wanted to read about Hope Van Dyne. Hope Van Dyne doesn't exist, at least not in this universe. There's been several Wasps, and she hasn't been any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but but Janet's going to be a big deal too, apparently in Iron Man, because apparently Janet and Tony are going to be dating now. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, but it also kind of makes sense. Where it's like, oh yeah, you're super smart, like the guy I fell in love with, Hank Pym, and you're kind of an asshole, but I don't think you'll hit me, kind of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll drink yourself into a stupor, say something mean, and maybe wet yourself or start a civil war, but you won't hit me though. <laughs> It's the point where it's like, fuck, Janet, I think you have a bad taste in men, honestly. <laughs> I mean, Tony, Tony, no me gusta. <laughs> oh, God. But still, that, that should be fun. That that comes out this week, actually, uh, Slot's new yeah. Iron Man. Very, very excited for it. Did you see, like, I, I was complaining on Twitter about, like, all the Batman issue 50 covers that come mm. out. There's something like 50 old covers. They did the same for this one. They, they really? They have, a, they have a cover for every armor he's ever worn. Oh. But the thing is, right, that the base cover is the same, that picture of Tony Stark done by, I can't mm. remember what the artist was. And all they've done is basically just photoshopped like a picture of like oh, a different one armor. of the armors on it. And it, I was like looking through it when I was like buying comps. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's lazy. That's like, come on going to do a celebration of all of his different armors and he's had many and they're all great i like the heartbreak armor myself or the heart attack armor right there at least at least do something different with it 
Yeah, it was very cheap, and I'm like, oh, they're just in it for the cash grab. <laughs> dun, dun, that's unfortunate. But yeah, everyone, that's uh, that's the news of the week. Not a heck of a lot was going on, but some interesting stuff there happening nonetheless. Some food for thought. I uh, guess with that, we can hop on over into what we read this week. Definitely. It was either going to be that or talk about Incredibles 2. I, uh, I saw it, Matt didn't. I haven't seen it, but as Joel has said, it's probably good I haven't seen it. You didn't miss much. The funny thing about it is they're like, yeah, Brad Bird's talking. They're like, oh, yeah, this was the movie 14 years in the making. I'm like, if it was 14 years in the making, why did I feel like this is a script you've had sitting in your sock drawer since the first one? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have been saying it's just basically like nostalgia bait. Yeah, like it's with not, like a little bit of new stuff tacked on at the end. Like, here's the thing: it's not bad. It's fine. I had a fine time going to see it, but I would have had just as fine a time seeing it on DVD. I will say though, uh, the little short film that comes on before it, because every Pixar film has a little short. Uh, this one was called Bao. It's uh, the first time they've ever had a short directed by a woman. She's Chinese and from Toronto, Canada, and it's about a mother who takes care of a little dumpling baby, and it's fucking adorable, and I love it, and the dumpling boy grows up, and I shit you not, dumpling boy looks just like me. Like, literally down to the flannel shirt and the little chin beard, and I'm like, oh my god, I am dumpling boy. This movie was made for me. I am Dumpling Boy. <laughs> Maybe she saw you on like the street and say, oh, look, it's Dumpling Boy. <laughs> look, Dumpling Boy. You are a Dumpling Boy. I'm going to make something out of you. <laughs> and then just started drawing and writing <laughs> years later. And then I saw it and I cried because it was so beautiful. <laughs> no, but seriously, jokes aside, that was actually really good. It's, like a, it's a really short story with no dialogue about, uh, what is it, overprotective immigrant parents, and it really struck a chord with me, and the audience really loved it that I saw, so mm-hmm. there you go. So see see The Incredibles if you have to, but very much support Dumpling Boy, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be big at the box office. <laughs> Dumpling Boy, bigger, bigger than anything. I want the Dumpling Boy cinematic universe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'll let you go first this week, Matt. What, uh, what did you read that you enjoyed? Um... Uh, I'm still reading stuff. Uh, Me too, actually. We'll, we'll start with a new uh, Marvel number one, and that's Thor issue yeah. one. Yeah, what a what a great way to start this off. I was if you were ever worried that Jason Aaron might be slowing down in his six year Thor run, <laughs> think again because he's still got shit. Yeah, he he's still coming in strong, and th- this was a great book for. Someone like me who mm-hmm. kind of fell off Thor and kind of caught up and then get, getting back on in this. But it's also a great book for, like, new new beginners. New, new You need to know a little bit, but, like, you could probably get along with just, just reading this issue. It's a pretty solid jumping on point, which, again, after six years is pretty goddamn impressive that he can actually build a status quo and be like, no, 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 you can start here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, really good we kind kind of sort of got an answer to like this new hammer thor has in yeah. that it's it's like a hammer that that will allow him to just fly kind of yeah it's not like proper mjolnir it's made, no. it's made out of like like forks uru <laughs> yeah he's he's trying to get a new hammer in the dwarves his buddy screwbeard who was his friend in the league of worlds i don't know if you read that yeah. story but they had adventures yeah. together he's trying to forge him a new hammer the problem is there's no fucking Uru metal, so everything he has breaks way too easily. Yeah, everything's made of like like 
uh, inferior Uru and it has to be like like uh, had have spells put on by Odin and everything to make it like fly or like conjure and, lightning or something. Which, which I like that. I'm like, that's really smart, actually. It's like he's Thor, but he's a lesser version of Thor and he needs to fight and work to get back to where he used to be. It's like it's like a Rocky movie. He's got to get the eye of the tiger back. Yeah, he's just not get, get, getting uh, Mjolnir back and everything. Although, like, the future part of this book kind of spoils him getting Mjolnir back. He got it. <laughs> we don't know how, but he got it. But again, hey, that's a nice thing to work up to. Uh, man, uh, a lot of people didn't said they were telling you they didn't like Mike Del Mundo's art. I've always loved Mike Del Mundo's yeah. art. I think he's great on this. Yeah, he's perfect for Thor. I, I like 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 his colors and everything are like weird and wonderful for, especially yeah. like in that fight with like Juggernaut. Yeah, yeah, that that was really cool. Man, they make Juggernaut a threat again in this book for a minute. Yeah, they give him the power of Sidorak again, which is really cool. And I'm like, did that happen in an X Men book? I feel like that happened in an X Men book that I didn't read. I'm pretty sure it did. Jason Aaron is a huge X-Men fan because he continually makes reference to X-Men stuff in this. <laughs> Look, hey, you may all have forgotten about X-Men, but Jason Aaron did not forget about X-Men. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it was, it was a really cool book. And yeah, it's Thor, I guess, trying to look... He's kind of... In, in this issue, he's kind of like a... Uh, uh, what is it like an Indiana Jones type? He's yeah. like hunting down, hunting down old weapons and relics for for Jane Foster, who's like yeah. cu- kind of like his oracle. Yeah, she's become the man in the chair now, which I like. That's a nice transition to look. I, I'm going through chemo. I'm trying to get better. I'm not Thor anymore, but that still doesn't mean I'm not going to help. Yeah, yeah, and she, she's given him all these um all these places where all these weapons and artifacts are. And, and I like that. Like uh, I said, what I was reading, I'm like, Oh, where's he going to store all these weapons? It's going to be old Midgard. Mm. It's going to be the uh, old Asgard. And yeah. We, oh, it's just a, just a houseboat in New Jersey. A houseboat in New Jersey. What a, well, what an absolute boy Thor is. <laughs> just throwing them all on. It's like, no, it's fine. My demon dog is watching them and my goat. <laughs> Yeah, and then Loki get Loki shows up for for, for with a plan, mm-hmm. and of course Loki betrays him. Loki is in such an interesting place in Marvel Universe right now. Yeah. He's the villain in the first arc of the Avengers. He's one of the villains in Infinity, and here he's kind of doing the gray morality thing. Where it's like, look, yeah, I'm your villain, but I'm still gonna help you because we're as guardians, and I love mom and everything, and I don't really like the Dark Council and everything, but, you know, I'll help you out. And Thor's like, fuck you! <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm interested to see where, like, this takes place in relation to those two other events. Yeah. Like, is that after? Is it before? It'd have to be around the same time as Avengers. Yeah. And Thor's not in Infinity Countdown, as no, far as we know. Not yet, we haven't seen him. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole timeline is kind of interesting at this point. And also, Aaron basically, you know, kind of throws down the gauntlet and says, hey, this first arc is all going to be about the brothers because you have Loki and Thor, you know, kind of forming a necessary alliance. And then out of the blue, hey, it's me, Boulder the Brave, uh, the current king of hell and everything. Get in my sick-ass monster truck. Let's go have an adventure. <laughs> yeah, get in my Mad Max truck and let's go through hell and, like, kill shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, in, fucking sold, a million times sold. Yeah, if that wasn't it, we we're also getting this awesome like future story, which is kind of tied to that like to the the Gates of Valhalla issue yeah, that came yeah. out between these, uh, where we see like those young the the granddaughters of Thor, 
Then we see older Thor, who's like with the all all mother Jane Foster. Yes, which okay, that's a fuck of a callback. Do you remember back in the original? Uh, Thor run from Jason Aaron. We saw old man Thor, Earth had died, and he basically created an Adam and Eve on Earth, and he called them Jane and Steve after his two favorite people. Yeah, and I, I got shit for calling her uh, for calling her Jane, even though she is Jane. Her name is Jane. That's he called them after yeah. his favorite people, Jane and Steve. <laughs> yeah, and um yeah, we get to see him with Mjolnir again, and Mjolnir... I like that he sends Mjolnir out into the galaxy to, like, look for stuff, because the mm. galaxy's, like, all dead. There's yeah. nothing left in the galaxy. Uh, and he finds something. He finds a phoenix-possessed Wolverine, which is so, so awesome. Cool. So cool. And also so Jason Aaron, because it's like, oh, yeah, Jason Aaron loves Wolverine, too, because he wrote Wolverine for a bit. And, you know, he, uh, what is it, wrote Spider-Man, Wolverine. So, of course, if given the ability, yeah, I'm going to give Wolverine the Phoenix Force, because why not? Now, I wonder, I was kind of wondering this after I read it and did my review. I'm like, hey, so this Wolverine's got heated claws. Yeah. So I so wonder if this might tie into uh, what oh. Charles Soul is doing. Maybe they're, like, hinting at, like, oh. the Phoenix, when it went away from Jean, it went to Logan. Did the Phoenix bring Wolverine back? Wow, that would be some shit. Yeah, or like brought him back and is like inside of him now, which is why his claws like can like superheat and everything. I think he's able to contain it because of his powers and everything, healing factors. Right, it doesn't take him over completely because of his amazing godlike healing factor. He can keep it down. Yeah. And everything. Matt, I, I think you cracked the fucking code on this one. If, if, that, if that ends up being true, holy shit. <laughs> if that ends up being true, everyone owes Matt a Coke for thinking of that one. Because that's, like, really cool. That's it, it's, it, it's too cool. It is too cool. Well, because, again, cause it's like we've seen the Phoenix afterwards, but it can be like, no, no, it wasn't the whole Phoenix. It was just a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Which even mm. if you have just enough of God in you and then be like, oh, but in the future, the little bit was joined with the rest of it and that how he became like full Phoenix Wolverine. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense as well because like the Phoenix has always had an infatuation with Jean. Yes. And so has Logan. They have a lot to talk about. They have a lot in common. Oh, you love Jean? I love Jean too. <laughs> exactly. Let's just hang out in the white hot room and talk about like Jean and how great Jean is. <laughs> <laughs> and Wolverine's like, all right, Bob, bring the beers. <laughs> but yeah, Thor, Thor number one is great, everyone. Again, if you've been waiting on Thor these past six years, I don't know why you have been, but yeah, feel free to start here and work your way back. Definitely. There's a lot of material, a lot of material. Uh, what else did we have this week? <clears throat> I guess we can talk about, too, the ongoing The Man of Steel. Yes, issue three. We're halfway through the series now, which is hard to believe. That I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is a short one, isn't it? This one, this one kind of kicks shit into overdrive. This one actually kind of has a lot going on in it. This is the least Bendisy issue as well. This issue very, felt just like just like a Superman issue. Very, very much so. It lacked a lot of his trickery. It lacked, it, uh, you know, lacked a lot of his, you know, chicanery and everything. This one was just kind of straightforward. And in a way, I think this was the one that finally put me over the edge on Rogel Zart, where I'm like, okay, you might actually be an interesting villain now. Yeah, he's the real threat now. <laughs> he is. And he does it so simply, too. 
is the thing. And of course, again, hey, massive spoilers, but you know, this will be out next Wednesday, so you'll have had a whole week yeah, to read And it. Joel already spoiled it in these video titles. And I already spoiled it in my video because I wanted people to see the video, and they did. But yeah, so <laughs> Robozar fucking destroys the bottle city of Kandor. Yeah, and it like, yeah, he, he totally destroys it, kills everyone inside the city. And it's amazing because it's like, wow, that really shows the level of cruelty and hate for Kryptonians because it's like they they weren't a threat to anyone. They Their lives were already shitty. You didn't need to do that, Robozar, yeah. but you did it just because. And he wrecks the Fortress of Solitude just because. Yeah, because he he hates Kryptonians for for some unknown reason. Mm. We don't still don't know yet why. We're getting closer to it, but it's like, wow, that's some real hate in you to go that far and to hurt these people who weren't a threat to anybody else just because you have a massive hate boner for Kryptonians. It also gives Supergirl a reason to be angry, and I can only imagine this is what's going to launch her into the Mark Andreco book. Yeah, it it seems like it seems like that's going to be like the the jumping off point for his book as well. But yeah, like yeah, I guess like Candor's now fully destroyed. I thought originally like he was going to like take Candor yeah. and like use it as sort of like a thing to draw out Superman mm-hmm. and Supergirl, and then like maybe destroy it in front of them, and that's yeah. how the book was going to end. But yeah, I didn't expect that. Like couple of pages in, they just happen upon this this city just smashed up and mm. blood everywhere and everything. It's it's funny too. It goes to show you know how little they've actually used Candor. I had people in my comment section be like, "Did they bring that back in the new Fifty Two? Was that a thing? I didn't read Superman." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in some Batman Superman crossovers. Yeah, Candor was a thing." Yeah, but I, I don't know whether it would be the same Candor because the Superman Reborn and yeah, yeah, it got fused. I'm guessing the Candors got fused too. And yeah, there's some discontinuity there. But look, Candor's destroyed is the thing. <laughs> but whether or not it was important, whether or not it was the same Candor, you remember Candor got fucked up, and everyone's really bummed about it. Yeah, we also got a little bit a little bit more on like what's happening with Lois yeah. and John, and that thing that I thought and probably a lot of people thought was a bomb wasn't a bomb. It was like a Something. pod with someone in it. Yeah, someone with little elfie shoes. To where I'm like, is that a new god? Is that Black Adam? Is that like Lex Luthor from it, the future? I think it's it's either gonna it, it it's gonna be one of three people. It's gonna be Brainiac. Mm. Uh, mainly because behind him they had like three dot and it was green right. and uh, it's going to be Lex Luthor, uh, probably from a future or something, uh, or it's it, and that could tie in as well to that uh, action comic special that had the, right. the future Lex Luthor in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, or it's going to be one of those uh, one of the members of the Circle that council right. that, and he's and they've come to Earth because they knew that's where. Because Superman was there was and everything, and he's like, "Look, we're going to help you. We'll keep you safe." And Superman's like, "No, take my family. I'll stay on Earth." That would be interesting, and that would be a way where it's like, "All right, Bendis. All right, you wrote the family out, but you gave a reason to write them out. You didn't kill them. Like other writers can use them if they want." Yeah, I oh, see. I don't think they they will kill them, especially since no, like, like Bendis so. has teased like stories that he's got for like a future John and everything. Yeah. But yeah, that, that that was very interesting, and I I do like now that they they're doing that. Like every issue, we get like a, a continuation little of that. So I guess by like the end, we'll see who it is. You know what, Bendis? I was a little salty. I was a little hard to love again, but I am slowly but surely coming around to your Superman run. Don't don't fuck it up after two volumes. <laughs> what you love to do? 
Yeah, please, please just finish the series on a high note before you go into Superman and action. Yeah, don't don't just be like, and I blew my wad everywhere, and I have nothing left. <laughs> yeah, what do we do now? Yeah, let's let's not have two years of me and Matt being like, yeah, but Man of Steel was good. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, let's not as like think wistfully back to the summer of 2018 when Man of Steel was good. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty all right. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, uh, we had Detective Comics issue 982. Didn't get around to this yet. This is the Black Lightning one, right, from Edward Hill? No, that, remember, got pushed back. Oh, shit, it um, did too. But what is this now? This this is a one-issue filler uh, that has is better than any writer it has to be. I can't remember the writer's name. Is oh, Michael Morsi. something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, right, they solicited really this cool, one out of nowhere. He's writing a really cool uh, one-off sort of horror, horror sort of magical issue about uh, Batman investigating a missing child case, and it Mm -hmm. brings him into contact with Deacon Blackfire. Oh, holy shit, from the cult. Yeah, uh, and again, he started a cult, and he needs this kid to sort of help uh, turn Gotham on itself, kind of, because he Mm. he thinks there's a curse on Gotham. Very much like the original cult. Yes, and yeah, he he thinks that like no matter what Batman does, the city will always be bad, and he's, he's trying to embrace that sort of stuff. And let me let me ask you this: Is Deacon Blackfire a dude in this again, or is he a weird flaming skeleton like he was in Batman Eternal? He's a ghost. Oh, he's a ghost. <laughs> okay, there you go. And what I really like as well is that Batman is legitimately afraid of him, as you should be, because there's a fucking ghost, and he was an asshole when he was alive. Yeah. And they do a really good way of explaining it because, like, Batman isn't too sure whether he's a metahuman or whether he is legit, like, a, 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 a spooky ghost person or something. Is, so he doesn't know, so he's really worried about him. Is, is Batman acting like he's meeting him for the first time? No, no, he knows he knows him. Um, right, so the cult a is bit about him. Yeah, it seems to imply that the cult is canon. That's cool. Okay, see, now I'm really interested to read this now because, yeah, that little one-off. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just Batman like dealing with like Deacon's like effect on his mind, which shows him like this this burning Gotham, this hellscape Gotham led by this kid who Deacon wants to possess to become uh, mm. to get a corporeal body again and right. and lead like his cult and everything. And uh, what pulls him out of it is Batman remembers that he has a family that he saved and they oh. save him and all that sort of really cool stuff that like make Batman like a really cool character. The stuff that you don't see in a mm. Tom King book that that I agree with you Matt that does sound better than any swiftly uh what is it commissioned one-off filler issue should be <laughs> yeah it was it was surprisingly good hey here's hoping Michael Morrissey gets more DC work yeah yeah more Batman work he, he it was really good he yeah. has a really good handle on the character it's like every couple of years they try and do a paranormal Batman book like Batwoman was their paranormal Batman book for a minute but they just can't never seem to stick to it this one, like, if they if they continued with it, it would be really good. What was the other one you really liked? Uh, Gotham by Midnight, Gotham at Midnight. Yeah, yeah, that that one had Batman as like a side character, but yeah. still, it was it was really good. Yeah, well, right on. I'm happy to hear that. I'm super excited to read that now. Yeah. Uh, another book I had this week: Venom number two. Yeah, how was that? How was the Super Soldier Venom? Super Soldier Venom continues to actually, again, be better than it probably has any right to be. Donny Cates <laughs> is writing it like a real book. 
<laughs> he's, he's writing it like it matters. He's writing it like a real book. Uh, we The majority of this issue is actually given over to the flashback of Rex Strickland, uh, the guy who kind of hired Eddie Brock to investigate the Sim Soldier program. When we get to see him back in the NOM and how he was a badass soldier who let VC snipers shoot him up so his, uh, what is it, his teammates could escape. And like Nick Fury Jr. saw it and he's like, this fucking dope, that guy's badass as shit. Tell you what, let's drag him back here through the napalm. We got this alien goo we found from, like, you know, Viking times. We don't really know what it does, but let's rub it all over him and see if it makes him even more badass than it does. <laughs> Only this wasn't any alien goo, though. This alien goo belonged to the symbiote god, who might also be Grendel from Viking times. Oh, no. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, the symbiote god, it is, I shit you not, a giant, black, gooey symbiote dragon. Yes. <laughs> it can also manipulate... Oh, my God. It can also manipulate other symbiotes so they grow, like, these weird, red, veiny protrusions and, like, start speaking in an alien language and he takes them over and everything and Eddie's, like, trying to fight it super hard and everything. It is the definition of hardcore, but it is, like, the good version of that. <laughs> it's competent hardcore. It is competent hardcore. And it's what I love about this, too, and why I think this works, is that Donny Cates clearly likes Venom, but he is not in love with Eddie Brock. And in fact, mm -hmm. Rex Strickland pretty much exists to talk nonstop shit about Eddie Brock. <laughs> he's like okay so let me get this straight so you were a kid your dad was mean to you your mom died you were a journalist but you took the wrong lead then you got fired then you were a villain then you were a hero then you were you know this that and the other thing there was like a million other toxins holy shit eddie brock forget the lethal protector they should call you the man of a million second chances <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's true i'm like that's yeah true. yeah why does he keep getting so many second chances when he seems to throw them all away in universe thank you <laughs> one character for realizing this <laughs> but yeah venom venom continues to be fun and the next issue they even uh promise a fun team up because you know all the other heroes catch wind of this goddamn symbiote dragon attacking new york city and venom's like oh no they're not gonna know how to deal with that this is a symbiote problem i'll have to get in on this and then as he runs to the fight he runs into miles morales and miles is like hey and he's like hey so we're going to have a Miles-Eddie team-up for the next issue, which kind of uh -huh. made me stop and think, like, have Miles and Eddie met each other? Yeah, I don't think they have. Yeah, I don't think they I'm have. Sure pro they probably have. But at yeah. some point. I haven't uh, read I all this. I can't think of anything. I, I know Miles has met uh, Flash a bunch in all yeah. the other stuff. I wonder if he's met Eddie yet. Which is funny, because obviously Miles had his own weird run-ins with Venoms over on his universe. The symbiote killed his mom before she got brought back. Mm-hmm. But Miles might not remember that, but maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on who's writing him at the time. Writers seem to play fast and loose with what Miles remembers and doesn't remember from the Ultimate Universe, if he remembers anything. <laughs> Sometimes he doesn't. But yeah, Venom... Venom continues to be cool as shit, bro. It's fucking hardcore, and I love it. <laughs> that does sound really cool. It is. Like, it is the best version of Venom that we've got in a long time. And yes, it kind of disregards a bunch of stuff that came before, even this idea where it's like, wait, the symbiote god is evil? But I thought Bendis wrote that the symbiotes weren't evil, just misunderstood, and they took on the personalities of whoever wore them. But their god is evil, but shut up. Bendis wrote that, and he's not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Symbiotes are evil again. Deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, that was that one. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I only had a couple more. Uh, I had Hawkman issue one. Okay, how was this? Yeah, I picked this up, but I didn't read it. I could have read Hawkman for work, or I could have read Plastic Man for work, and I read Plastic Man because it was Gail Simone. Hawkman was pretty good. It's uh, was Carter it? Hall back. He's back doing his Indiana Jones thing, doing As tomb raiding and As he should. Uh, fighting giant winged three-eyed apes. Uh, as he uh, he's trying to steal uh, what's it called, the Nautilus of Revealment, oh. and um, the main reason he wants to steal that is he wants to take it to Madame Xanadu Ooh, and her. get her to use her magic mojo to reveal his past, his true past, because oh. that's what this device does. It reveals one's true past and he wants to know about it since he's had quite a few of them yeah, um, how? Ba- basically what robert venditti does is say oh they're all canon as you should i mean if you're going to be writing hawkman that's what you have to do even they he even seeks to apply there's new ones that he never knew about like oh that's like, smart like qatar all of krypton <laughs> That is so smart because if it's all canon and if he's lived so many lives, you basically have a blank check to do whatever you want. Yeah, and they, they show all these all these lives and then they show him the future, which shows like giant winged beings uh, destroying Earth. And um, for a minute there, I'm thinking, oh, fuck, is this future's end? What the hell's going on here? Because <laughs> no. it looks like the giant, it looks like the giant brainiacs and everything. Like, and, Vendetti like helped, mist. <laughs> and Vendetti helped write that book, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, um, no, don't let you be the one guy who loved future's end. No, no, bad. <laughs> I, I don't think it is. I think it seeks to imply there's going to be some big Thanagarian war or something happening. That's cool. Um, Those are always good. But yeah, and he wants to know like about his his future and like his past and everything. But Xanadu doesn't know, but she's sure that like to find that out, he's going to die a hundred more times. Oh shit! So maybe maybe we'll get like issues where he just like dies and then rege- re- regenerates as something else or something. And That's another. You can like, go through his future and his past and everything. That'd Again, be really cool. I kept saying you should do Hawkman by way of Highlander. You should do a six issue miniseries, yeah. and he dies at the end of every one. Yeah, and then the next issue is like, here he is as Prince Khufu yeah. or something. Here he yeah. is in the French Renaissance. Like, just Assassin's yeah. Creed, that shit. Yeah, and they, they even hint that, like, that might be happening because he, like, mentions lies. Oh, I was a gunslinger in the Old West. I yes, was, he was. Uh, I was a pirate. I was he, all of this stuff. He was Nighthawk in the Old West, actually. He yeah. hung out with Jonah Hex, and his partner, Hot Girl, was Cinnamon. They were Nighthawk and Cinnamon. Yeah, so maybe we'll get like a, a journey through through that. That'd be really cool. They should, yeah, exactly. Every issue should be like, a, what is it, like a little anthology piece there with just having Hawkman to tie it together. That's good. I'm happy that's good. Yeah, and I, I was kind of worried worried about what they were going to do with it for a minute there, but they, they made it really cool. Because no Hawkman book ever seems to last. Yeah, though he's had quite a few. He's had yeah. six six solo series they they take a crack in the 60s yeah they take a crack in them every so often someone always thinks they can crack the code uh i I guess from one new dc number one to another uh i read plastic man this week from gail simone obviously i was super gung-ho and super on board for this one and what was that like ah you know it tries to do a lot I get the distinct feeling there was some real lack of communication going on between Simone and DC and what they wanted with this book. 
like they forgot that that he was on a, a team book at the moment. Yes, they forgot that. <laughs> they forgot that Jeff Johns actually created a new origin for Elo O'Brien and Forever Evil. Then they just forgot about it forever. This seems to be like okay, Gail, reintroduce uh, Plastic Man in 2018 to a new set of DC readers. Okay. Am I doing his origin again? There was already an origin. Yes, do his origin over again. Even if that creates a lot of problems, doing it again and doing it now. Like, do his origin, but also make it seem like he's been around for a long time, too? Oh, no. <laughs> they really can't seem to decide, is this his first outing, or is he just reliving an adventure that is very similar to his origin? Yeah, so, so yeah, it probably could have been like changed if like they had like a like a shell story where he's like, I remember this, and then it cuts to that story or something. Like I feel like maybe Snyder spoke up and being like, No, 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 he only he's only appeared in the egg. That's the first time we've ever seen him when he was egg guy. But Jeff Johns is like, No, but I, I, I did a thing for Forever Evil, I created him. I gave him the accident and I gave Elo Brian, just no one ever did anything with it. And they're like, Well, fuck it, let's just start from scratch then. Yeah, and, and and then the terrifics uh, is like yeah. his first appearance out of the egg, but and yeah. he can't leave that team because they're all tethered together, and if they leave, they all explode. Yeah, and that's a problem too, because like, okay, well, if this is his origin, then <laughs> then how does he eventually get into the egg? Then how far in the past is this? And how is anything? And just it's it's a lot to take in. Like it's way more complicated and way more to think about than a Plastic Man book should be. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm kind of glad I didn't pick it up. <laughs> like, the question is, though, is it funny? Yes, there's some funny lines in it, but it feels like comedically Simone had her hands tied because she's like, well, fuck, yeah. I need to give him a new status quo. I need to do the origin. I need to do all these other good writer things first before I get to even making with the laugh laugh. I'm hoping issue two will be better because she's finally gotten all that shit out of the way. But no, I did not love issue one and that broke my heart. No, that sucks. It kind of broke my heart, and that was unfortunate. Also, she pulls Spiral and Obscura out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, I forgot about those guys. I like them. So this, w wait, if Spiral's still a thing, then when is this now? And it's a whole, it's a whole <laughs> thing. It's, it's sad. It's sad because I love Gail Simone, and I like Plastic Man, and I wanted to love this, and I didn't love it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I did love, Matt? And I think you liked it too. Marvel 2-in-1 Annual. I did like this. This is a really good book. The best send-off for infamous Iron Man Doctor Doom that he got. Don't read the end of Iron Man. Just read this. Yeah, just like, yeah, skip that last issue. <laughs> just jump right on over to this because, again, it's Marvel 2-in-1, but it's all about Doctor Doom. Yeah, and him sort of realizing that yeah he's definitely not the the the, the doom that we know and 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 yeah, he's different and that he's a hero now and he, he ends up fighting basically himself yes he fights an evil version of himself on the multiversal trip that thing and human torch have been on he meets the council of reeds but not the old council of reeds a new council of reeds that's trying to right yep. the problems of the old one yeah, and as well, like, they also brought in, like, something that I imagine might be used to bring back bring back the 616 universe mm. read, and that is, like, the, the, read, the read on this Doctor Doom's Earth is killed, but he was in the mm -hmm. uh, 
wherever place the, the council is and they say that it makes a copy and this copy will go back to that body and the memories yes. will sync up and everything. They, so they built the device. Body. Yeah, they built they a device so no Reed ever had to abandon his family like they did in the old yeah. council. Yeah, so that could be a way that they could bring back the 616 Reed. That that seems to be like what Chip was hinting at, like to set that up, because he, he made a point of like saying how it worked and everything. There was that, and there's also Doom definitively, like Doom was like, they're dead thing, I know they're dead, yeah. they're all dead, you're lying to Johnny. Only he sees this and that puts it into question where it's like, oh shit, but I saw him at the end of Secret Wars, I just didn't remember seeing him. Yeah, yeah, you see you see Reed his Reed wipe his memory and give him like that that fresh start that put him on the road to being a hero. Yeah, but that kind of pisses him off too cuz he's like, "Well, fuck, then if that was the case, then how do I know my choice was really my choice to do that? How do I know yeah. Richards didn't fuck with me from afar? Oh my god, I hate Richards so much. I hate every Richards." And then it's like, "Oh, and that's your problem, Doctor Doom. Even when you're good, you can't get rid of this mean streak and you can't get rid of this inferiority complex when it comes to Reed Richards." Yeah, yeah, he's still bad no matter what against Reed. Even when he does good, even when everything is going his way, he just cannot let it go. And I'm like, you know what? This, more than anything else, does a better job of explaining his backslide into villainy, which is no doubt happening. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's totally happening. Not not the way Ben just did it, where it's like, well, his face got ugly again, and he decided to be bad again. <laughs> because only pretty people can be good, don't you know? I like to think that like Chip wrote that. And it's like that's so stupid. I'm gonna make the villain, the the Doctor Doom villain in this basically Bendis's thing because he had like the fucked up face and everything, yes, he and <laughs> and he just basically beat him to death. It, it feels very much like a rebuttal to that in many ways. Yeah. This story does where it's like no, 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 ignore that. This is what actually happened. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it was a really cool annual. Yes, really it, cool. It was, and again continues to show what i was saying that marvel 2 and 1 is one of the best books on the shelf right now it's almost a shame it has to end to make room for fantastic for the main one it does it i reckon it'd be cool if it would continue with the same writers and everything but like another like two person characters yeah 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 i wonder who it would be i would actually like to see chips godarski take a crack at like marvel 2 and 1 iron fist and luke cage or here you go, keep it in in the Fantastic Four family and make it Franklin and Val. Ah, that's actually really good. And yeah, kind of like young it down a little bit and make it like a comedy for yeah. kids. I dig that. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah a, that'd the, be really cool. There's a lot of places you could go that also that character, Dr. Uh, Dr. Rachna, who will either stick around or will be revealed to be the ultimate villain of this series. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what her end game is. As as Doom said, she she's not looking for like Sulari. No. She's there for her own purposes. I, I love Doom how he riddles that out and says that to the thing where he's like, "Look, I'm smart enough to figure this shit out, and she's definitely smart enough to figure this out." And one scheming liar to another. <laughs> I know when you're being played, and you're being played. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, Mar Marvel two and one kicks ass. It's great. It does. Uh, I had one last book. What about you? Uh, yeah, I got one last one, and ah. that is New Superman and the Justice League of China, issue twenty-four. Oh shit! Which is the I had a different one. Final is the final issue. Oh really? This is, they're done for good now. They're not bringing it back as anything else. Uh, not as we know. Not was not as 
new superman i think maybe we'll see those characters again somewhere but this series is done now oh that's an approach that explains something i was actually working on a superman project with dc that kind of fell through and i think i see why now because <laughs> one of their notes to me was like hey can you talk more about uh new superman and the justice league of china i guess if it's done that's why it went away <laughs> yeah but um but uh they got to actually finish the story. It wasn't That's just really like a like an abrupt ending. They got to finish it, and it, it, it ended with Keaton trying to get into the realm of Ghost to free his master. Uh, in doing so, he pulls the Justice League of China in with him, mm. uh, and they end up fighting like future versions of themselves, which all are all villains. Oh, shit. Um, uh, and then he finds the future version of himself, which is uh, a, vi- a villain called Perfect Man. <laughs> Uh, since he found the perfect balance between yin and yang, which oh, is what which Keenan has been trying to do the whole series. Um, and yeah, he fights him. I Ching says this isn't his future because he will find a balance for that balance. Mm. It's really kind of strange and goes into all the like the Asian, like, it sounds very yin and zen, yang yeah. Sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but it was a really cool book. It was about Keenan sort of learning to like let go of like, what his parents did to him and mm. sort of be his own person. And as I Ching put it, not, not use the goodness that was, but use the goodness that is. I like that. That's very, that's very Yoda. That's very cosmic Bruce Lee. Be like water. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really was. It was a really great book. I am, I'm kind of disappointed. We didn't get to see like the book transitioned over into being called new Superman and the justice league of yeah. China, but we never really got to see the justice league of China. Like, working as a team we did see it here and there but a lot of the book was kind of like getting the team together like the last arc was about getting their their aquaman and then it just kind of ended that's a shame yeah but but again uh, it was really more of a solo book Mm. for for keenan so i'm glad it stuck that it had a run to be proud of by the sounds of it and again too you know as i mentioned before some young kid out there is reading this right now and said, wow, that was awesome, new Superman in the Justice League of China. When I become a writer one day, I'm going to bring them back. Yeah, yeah, and they, they could definitely come back somewhere. I know they were, I know Keenan was referenced in Doomsday Clock, just gone. Yeah. Uh, so so he's, still, he's still around. And, and that writer as well, he's, he's still getting where he's doing stuff for um, uh, DC Zoom. Oh, yes, that's right, uh, that whole thing. Yeah, he's writing a Superman story called Superman Smashes the Clan. Yes, which is a take on the classic Superman versus the Clan radio play. Yeah, and it looks really awesome. It does. I saw that. The art style. Like, everything, you know, is very, like, you know, uh, children's book. There's, like, a Miro one. There's a Super Sons one. But that one kind of looks like, you know, throwback to old, like, 1950s art. Yeah, I, I don't care if it's for, like, middle schoolers. I'm going to mm. read it. <laughs> yeah, as you should, because that's a story, especially nowadays. Hey, Superman fighting hate and fighting, you know, the KKK. I think people need that story now more than ever. Yeah. Especially when you know, like, the history of the story of the radio play where the dude, like, infiltrated the clan and, like, wrote the writers of the radio shoot uh, Superman show yeah. because he was such a fan. And they're like, Holy shit, we got to do something about this. And like Superman as a fictional character fought real world evil and won. Yeah. It was like one of those first stories that something like that ever happened. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. First, first topical story. Really. Absolutely. That's why it pisses me off so much when they're like, Oh, I hate it when people put so much politics in their comics. I'm like, motherfucker, do we need to sit down and have a history lesson? <laughs> I think we do. 
That's a, if I didn't think it would, uh, what does it get demonetized right away? I wanted to do like you know the top ten great times uh, comic books got political or topical or whatever. <laughs> but again, I can only imagine the comment section would turn into a goddamn sewer on that one. Oh yes, because <laughs> don't they always? But yeah, that's uh, that sounds good, man. I'm glad you liked uh, that Superman thing, and I'm glad they got something of a send off for him. Yeah. Uh, last book I read here was uh, Batman Prelude to the Wedding Part 3, Batgirl vs. Riddler, number one. I haven't done a review on it, but I have read it. Yeah, this this was this was a weird one. This was kind of the awkward middle child of this series. A little bit. It, it was good, but yeah, yeah it, was. It, was, it was kind of weird. It was a little all over the place. It's funny, you know, we tore a strip out of Tom King last week for his Joker book, because it's like, wow, so Joker talks for 20 pages and says, you know, and Batman says nothing. They basically do the same thing here, but they do it better and with reason. They, they, it makes sense. Yeah. Riddler talks for 20 pages because he has to because the story is him reciting the riddles. Batgirl doesn't say anything because she's actually working on solving the riddles in her head. And if she stops to talk, that'll be time she loses. Yeah, and she's got, like, the headphones on listening to the riddles and just mm. going, doing her work and everything. Yeah. It, again, to, you know, Riddler stories have got to be really hard on writers because you need to research riddles, have them make sense, and have them work in the story. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It wouldn't be very uh, easy. No, and, like, so much of a Riddler story is like, okay, well, we can't really have an action beat here because Batman needs to hear the riddle. He needs to think about it. He needs to talk about it to someone about why he's so smart. And you basically turn it into a Sherlock Holmes story at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's like well where do we break it down here where's the action scene where's the whatever this this one kind of has an interesting solution to that like we say it's that you know basically batgirl hits the ground running and doesn't stop the whole issue literally <laughs> literally yeah and you know the whole the whole thing is wedding themes you know riddlers kidnapped four people related to a wedding you know a priest a florist uh what is it uh a dj and uh yeah. and like a ring bearer kid and like he puts yeah. them all in yeah. saw death traps and Batgirl has to solve them. And you're probably wondering, it's like, well, why the fuck does Riddler care about fucking with Batgirl? Isn't it Batman's wedding? And the whole thing there is that, you know, he's like, oh, this when the Joker kicked my ass and talked about the wedding, it got me thinking about my own life and love and everything. And if I could settle down with someone, but they would have to be as smart as me. They would have to be able to solve my riddles. And you did, Barbara. This is my own fucked up way of flirting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was kind of like really weird when I was reading that. Like, this is this is kind of weird. It's a little gross. To which someone says, "Like, why does every villain want to stalk Batgirl?" I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> they they all get weird infatuations with her, but you know, Batgirl saves the day and everything, and she gets a moment with her father. And I guess I guess if there was a theme of this one, it had to break down because you know, like the first, like the last issue was like the bachelor party. And then the other one was like the bachelorette party and like how kids deal with new marriages. This this was like the finding the date for the wedding. And this was like yeah. the ultimate solution to this was Batgirl calls up Dick and says, hey, will you be my date to the wedding? And I'm like, I don't know if that needed a whole story to itself, but I see what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I could see this only being like part of like a like a larger story. And mm. like, like, as we've been saying, like the, these should have been like in the actual Batman book. Yes. And this one really should have like this could this along with the other ones could have been like a really fun issue it's like oh what who who did the bat family take to the wedding as exactly dates? yeah that i'm surprised it wasn't bigger than that but yeah it was it was ultimately fine and the big stinger at the end is that they uh build up for the harley quinn uh crossover that's coming and that's going to be the next yeah. one 
Yeah. Which that's fun. And then Red Hood gets one too, and then yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah, all all the, the good story is over. Yeah, then we gotta go back to the main Batman book and see how it shakes out. Yeah, well we do next week or this week, so we, cause, yeah. yeah. People the, well, the first issue. <laughs> today is people listen to this because I released the show on Wednesday. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll tell you all about that one, everyone. Hopefully, again, hopefully Joker doesn't talk for twenty pages and say nothing. Oh, whoa. guess what? He's gonna talk <laughs> for twenty pages. No, he's gonna talk for thirty pages now because it's a special. And, and then and then and then Catwoman will just like kick him in the face and it'll like kill him. Yeah, a winner is you. A winner it'll is blast you. him back, blast him back into like the multiverse or something there you go I hit him so hard <laughs> oh hey speaking of jokers we talk about forever when the hell are they gonna do the three jokers uh well apparently with jeff john stepping down as president of dc he's gonna have time to tell that story now yeah in, in a book called three jokers three jokers <laughs> we're like has it really been that long are you worried people might forget it so it's literally just called three jokers when are they gonna answer the three joker question in the book three jokers <laughs> okay <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. I mean, it's good branding. I can't complain. <laughs> also, hey, as we talked about Batgirl, too, uh, Batgirl's getting a new costume, and it's designed by the dude who did uh, White Knight. Yeah, it's basically a White Knight costume. It's it's fine. It's not as good as the White Knight costume, and I like it better than the one she has now, if only because it's different and I've been clamoring for it. But even then, as soon as I saw it changed, I had like a twinge of nostalgia where I'm like, oh, the purple one wasn't so bad. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, no, don't be that guy who's afraid of change. Don't be that guy. <laughs> no, this new, the new costume looks really cool. And she's got like a new motorbike and everything. Which I'm sure that will signal a new change in her book too, probably. Probably. Because I think, I think Birds of Prey either ended or is going to end, so it's just going to be the main Batgirl book now, which they're probably going to rework and turn into something else post-wedding. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I guess that's it, everyone. I guess that's basically the show. We're heading up on our hour 30 time, which we normally always have. Yeah, yeah, good show. Yeah, yeah, I thought we got some good stuff done there. I, I sweat like James Gandolfini over here on one of the hottest days in here. I have the door open right now to try and get a breeze. Nothing's happening. And again, because I'm staying at my aunt's house, I don't fucking know if she has air conditioning. I don't know where to work it. She's in goddamn <laughs> Peru. I can't call her and ask her. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to be hot tonight. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so thank you everyone for watching and listening. We hope you had a good time listening as we did, uh, talking about all the stuff. Uh, oh, thank you uh, to new patrons. Uh, I saw a couple of your names pop up in the thing there. Actually, here, if you wait a second, I can get some names here. Uh, Mason was one of the new ones. Thank you always, you know, people who uh, are able to open their hearts and their wallet and support us there. We always appreciate it. It's what allows me to pay Matt and keep the show online and everything over at SoundCloud, which you can listen to and carry the show around with you all the time. And if you are a patron, you can listen to the show first before anyone else. We try and upload it as soon as we're done here on Sunday night. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Awesome. So any any parting thoughts, Matt? Anything else to say? Anything else you got coming down the old uh, pipeline? No, really. I got, I got a heap of comics to catch up on. Same. Uh, so they, they're going to keep me busy for the next couple of days. But yeah, Ooh, yeah. Keep, keep an eye on our channels for our comic reviews and videos and everything we do. Most deaf. All right, then, everyone. Thanks so much for watching. And we will be back again next Wednesday. So until then, bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.